It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like. Fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenue's Minor League Podcast. I'm Steve Saipa, and I'm joined by Lucas Vlahos, Ken Levin, and Thomas Henderson. How's everyone doing this week? Good, good. I'm going to make the joke I made off air literally 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Better because no Met game today. Turns out <laughs> the pandemic's a good thing when uh, the Mets are bad, you know. Yeah, Less baseball to be angry about. Exactly, yep. All right, so on this date in 1981, uh, Mark David Chapman was sentenced 20 years to life for killing John Lennon. And obviously, as a person, you know, John Lennon was a flawed person, just like everyone else, but prolific musician, obviously Beatles very popular ahead of their time, all that stuff. So what John Lennon song or Beatles song because he had, you know, a successful solo career after the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we going to promote, extend, or trade here? It's... Oh, you're giving me a beat. You're giving me a music one that I can actually intelligently <laughs> comment on. This is a first. Well, I don't know about intelligently yet, but well, yeah, intelligent, intelligent on a on a relative scale here. You know, which one do we trade? That's that's the toughest. Yeah, the trade's a tough one. Hmm. I'm going to extend uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. That's my favorite Beatles song. 
I feel like every single one they're just all going to be like, oh, yeah, good choice, good choice. Because <laughs> they are all good choices. Yeah. Yeah, for a long stretch of their time, most of the things they did were just good. So. Yep. <laughs> going to promote Eleanor Rigby, I think. And then I will trade... It's got to be a Ringo song that we trade, right? <laughs> it's got to be a Ringo song. Poor Ringo. Are we doing all Beatles and all just, John Lennon or, or just, just what he wrote? Yeah. All Beatles. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Plus, yeah, plus his solo stuff because it's just too difficult to sit there and try to figure out, okay, what's Lennon? What's Lennon McCartney? What's... Yeah. Okay, trade Octopus's Garden, obviously. <laughs> uh, Poor Ringo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find a list of Beatles songs sung by Ringo. All right, here, here we go. Boys, I want to be your man. Matchbox, honey, don't act naturally. What goes on? Of course, Yellow Submarine. With a little help from my friends. Good night. Don't pass me by in the Octopus's Garden. I think I'm with you, Ken. I'm going to trade Octopus's Garden. Yeah, I'm good yep. with that. <laughs> Ringo, do you, I'm sure you guys have seen that old JPEG. He's like, do you guys think uh, Ringo's the best drummer in the world? Ringo's not even the best not drummer on the, on the Beatles. Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> what if Ringo is our one listener? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Noted Mets fan, Ringo Starr. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ringo Starr, come on the show. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'd be down. <laughs> no idea what we talk about, but it's maybe cool. <laughs> I would imagine that Ringo would be a Mets fan. If, <laughs> yeah, if he's he, kidding, right? He's kind of like he was the a Mets of the person. Beatles. Exactly. He's In the that... Mets of the Beatles. Right, right. The, like, the 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 Mets kind of came into prominence around the you know the same time as as the Beatles, mm-hmm. kind of late sixties when they were kind of fading away and everyone's branching out into their own thing. It was a cool to be a Mets fan back then. Mm-hmm. Does Ringo even live in America? I don't know. I think I don't. I have no idea. Um, I honestly don't know either. I know John did. I know the rest of them did, but I don't know about him. I'm more curious to hear what songs you guys are, are promoting and extending because there's so many to choose from. Uh, yeah. well, I'm extending in my life. Okay. I'm promoting across the universe. All right. All right. I'm, I'm trading. I, I, I tried not to pick on Ringo. And <laughs> I'm, I'm trading Revolution. I'm actually, I think I might actually prefer that as a trade choice. That song is not the best. Just I think I'm. I think I'm promoting yesterday because I love that song. Yeah, it's another good choice. It did. Yeah. It, it's hard because I don't want to be like I'm extending like eight days a week because it's <laughs> like such a. But like they're good. Like they're uh-huh. popular because they're good. It's not uh-huh. they're popular because they're popular. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to promote a hard day's night. And uh, extend just all of Sergeant Pepper's. Hmm. I like that. Okay. And you traded Octopus Garden. Yes. Hard Day's Four. Night. That's not what I would have thought of, honestly. Uh, the beginning of the movie is just like. Ah. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Wasn't there a Across the Universe movie too? 
Yeah, where it's like not, covers. Yeah, yeah, not made by the Beatles. Not right, 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 right. <laughs> but like more recently, like in the two thousands or something. Yeah, like eight, seven, eight, something, something around like that. that. We're old. That's like twelve years ago. Yeah, I know. It sucks. Well, speaking of things that suck. No, that's a perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Unilions went two and two this week, and they had their first tie. So they're actually good though right now. Uh, they're eleven nine and one in the second half, which is second place, and thirty seven forty three and one on the year as a whole. And it wasn't really a particularly great week for hitting or pitching. So the the plays of the week are kind of blah. Uh, the hitter of the week is Fulin Quo, and he went six for sixteen with a homer. Four RBI, two walks, and three strikeouts. And Quo was the hitter of the week all the way back in uh, the first week when we started doing this in May. He was the guy that was signed by the Yankees, and he spent a couple of years in their minors before heading back to Taiwan and playing there. Yes, yes, and, the first week where we did a pandemic episode approximately yep. 10 years ago. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel even older now. Damn it. <laughs> Um, but basically, he hasn't been around lately because back in the beginning of June, he got arrested for drunk driving and he got suspended for a couple of months. So well, suspended. Damper on this whole thing. Yeah, well, the suspension ended. Um, he's back, and you know, if the Lions can get him going, he could be a difference maker for him for for the team because he is a good player. So um, it would give them a, a good infielder to go along with all their all-star outfielders. So. And the pitcher of the week for the second week in a row now is Brock Dykesorn. And he allowed a pair of runs over five innings, giving up three hits, walking three, and striking out three. And like I said, not impressive, but that really was the best of all their pitchers last week. So what can you do? LG Twins, they went 4-1 and one now, and they are 51-37-1 on the season, which is good for third place. And they're just three games behind the Dinos now. Um, the hitter of the week is another guy that we haven't talked about in a while, Roberto Ramos. He went 8 for 17 with four homers, five RBI, three walks, and six strikeouts. And obviously he got off to like a really, really crazy good start, but he hurt his ankle in middle June. And he just hasn't really been right ever since. Um, which means he's probably has been playing through the injury because he wasn't put on the DL or anything. He just got a couple of days off. Um, crazy thing though is even though he's cooled down and he's kind of been just like eh since June, he's still hitting 296, 376, 602, and his 27 homers are second in the league. So that's how good of a start he got off to. So that's uh. So Fangraph stats are a little bit out of date, it looks like. So those numbers are better than what is here. But even with what he's got here, he's 35% better than league average on the season. Yeah, I mean, he's played 83 games so far in total. And that's about a half season, a little bit more than a half season. And he's up to 30 homers. So, you know, the possibility of, of a 50 run, 50 homer season in theory if if this was a normal kind of year, so chonky boy hits dingers. Yeah, he sure does. Um, and the pitch of the week is Tyler Wilson, 
who allowed one run over seven innings, seven and two-third innings, excuse me, and he gave up four hits, he walked one, and he struck out three. And this is just the second time that Wilson has been pitcher of the week, which is kind of a little surprising since he's actually been their best pitcher. He's been better than Casey Kelly, and Kelly's been pitcher of the week like six times now. <laughs> so just slow and steady wins the race, I guess. Yeah. Um, and before we go over to Japan, it's worth noting that uh, games in the KBO are going to be going back to no fans because uh, uh, South Korea is experiencing a spike in coronavirus cases uh, for two days in a row now. They've had over 300 positive cases in the entire country. Oh, and oh, 300. I know, right? Wow, wow, that's uh, checks notes. Uh, 45 <laughs> minutes in the U.S., roughly. <laughs> I know, that's like down my block, basically. Um, but yeah, so they've had two days with over 300 cases, and that prompted the government to tighten restrictions. So the league had opened games back up to fans at the end of July at 10% capacity. And then uh, like a week or two ago, they actually bumped it up to 25% capacity. Mm-hmm. But now it's going to be nobody again. And if things continue and there's, you know, cases continue going up where there's no, you know, uh, drop, the government might raise restrictions again and that would force the league to stop. So not good. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah, um, they they were kind of hoping to play the entire season, obviously, and with or without fans. But they were hedging on hoping to hoping to have fans. And now it's like the season is kind of in doubt, which is scary for them, you know. Yeah. And and for what it's worth, all the spikes that they've had, they've been traced to. An evangelical church that's just basically ignoring the be, rules. You've got to be kidding me. Nope. Oh, yeah. They've, yeah. They've been, but also totally believable. Yep. They've been ignoring all the rules, and they've been holding protest rallies against the South Korean president because they say the coronavirus is a hoax, and the whole thing's a false flag to destroy Christianity. So it just goes to show that conservative stupidity transcends everything. We're, we're, not, we're not a big enough podcast to have uh, – video viewers you know but if we did they'd see me just burying my face into my <laughs> right now in, in abject disappointment I, yeah. yeah we're all futurama fans here i don't want to live on this planet anymore pretty much well there is that asteroid that's going to be coming precariously Everyone close to lean Earth. towards it Unfortunately, though, I read it's only like six feet in diameter. So even if it did hit Earth, it would basically, yeah, it would basically burn up in the atmosphere to like the size of a chihuahua's head, like in The Simpsons. (laughs) So we don't even have that to help us out. At the same time, is it like marginally comforting that there are idiots everywhere? Is that, is that, does that make us feel less bad? Uh, I guess not. It just makes me not feel really. sad that it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Jesus Christ. All right. Um, and now the Occult Swallows, they are not doing too well. They went two and four this week, so that leaves them at 22, 26, and five for the year. And that's seven games, seven and a half games behind the Giants. And it's actually only a half game in front of the Hiroshima Toyo Carp for a completely last place in the division. So 
another week like this and the swells might be there. Uh, hitter of the week this week is really close. Um, but Nori Aoki, he just barely narrowed out Murakami. So Aoki went 7 for 22 with a double, three homers, seven RBI, a walk, and three strikeouts, which is a good week anywhere. And the pitcher of the week is Hiratoshi Takanashi, who allowed two runs over six innings, giving up seven hits, walking two, and striking out six. Uh, this is Takanashi's second time being play, uh, pitcher of the week. He's a former rookie of the year who's kind of been up and down basically his entire career since winning rookie of the year a few years ago. So that's what's going down in Asia. Just, uh... Very Mets. I mean, I know you said they're almost last, but just by the record alone, it's so Metsian that none of these teams are either particularly good nor bad enough to to be interesting. They're just yeah. Well, the Twins are in third place. I mean, they've been surging. That's also Metsian, though. Yeah, no, it is. They like I said, they've entered their you know strong strong July and, and uh-huh. August phase and. They'll be uh, dropping like flies in a week or two. Or the league will just end, and then they can't even, you know? It's like, dude, be one or the other. Be good enough to be so good that you're interesting, or be so bad that the process around getting back to good is interesting. Don't just sit in this boring middle ground where nothing happens. Yeah, it's, you know, what can you do? Root for the Yankees? No, you cannot do that. <laughs> Blasphemy. The Yankees are off limits. The Yomiuri Giants are off limits. Uh-huh. And I'm not really sure who would the uh, – I guess the Doosan Bears would be the Yankees of Korea. That would make sense, yes. I'm not really sure who would be the Yankees of Taiwan. I mean, I guess it would be the uh, China Trust Brothers, but their mascot is an elephant, and he's really awesome. So I <laughs> – you know. Yeah. And their uniforms are, are yellow, so it's hard to be angry at them for anything. Mm. But, uh, you know, back to the U.S. now, and this week I guess we have no real major roster news or, or anything like that to report on. But um, before the last couple of days got canceled because of coronavirus, the team was planning on having – I mean, they did have Robert Gazelman in the rotation now. Uh, they were planning on, on having Corey Oswald pitch at, at the very least a spot start and they were going to be stretching at Seth Lugo and same thing at the very least having him spot start and possibly more. And, you know, I, I don't understand it at all. It's, I'm fine it's, with, I'm fine with Lugo starting. It's not like the Mets don't have other options though. I just don't understand why you're purposefully weakening the bullpen. To marginally strengthen the rotation by not even maybe an appreciable degree. I mean, I understand where you're coming from, and I agree, but I'm going to play devil's advocate for the sake of content. I just um, watched the movie yesterday. Oh, movie. great, great. <laughs> um, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a fairly decent chance that Lugo is just better than all of these starters. Um, but I don't right. think he's like a necessarily above average he's like an average starter i think there's a chance he's an above average starter i know he wasn't yeah i think there's a uh well like like i'm not going to go out on a limb and start trading major assets for him in every fantasy league but like 
I think there's a higher chance that he's an above-average starter than literally any of the other names we've discussed. And I still would like to see them in the rotation, too. Um, I think there's a higher chance he's a, a above-average starter than Robert Guzelman, certainly, and Corey Oswalt. Um, the bottom line is that the, the rotation is just like a desolate wasteland at this point. So there's no reason we shouldn't be able to get Seth Lugo some starts and see if that's viable. And also keep giving Kilome starts and Sapucky starts, hopefully, and hell, we'll give Harold. Is Sapucky like alive? Yeah, yeah. yeah I haven't that's heard a anything question. about Sapucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, now, if point. if Lugo pitches all right, you know, let's say the season continues and and finishes successfully, and Lugo gets, I mean, I, mean, I don't even know how many weeks would be left. Let's say he gets like six. Seven starts. Yeah, I think that's what it would be about. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, going into next year, what do you do? Do you say, you know what, Lugo is was solid. We're gonna have him as a starter again, or I think you, I think you you embrace the flexibility and try to move quickly early in the off season to fix either the bullpen or the rotation, and then tell him, all right, based on what we were able to acquire, we need you to do this, prep to do this. And so if he shows he's a viable starter, it just gives you more flexibility. If it becomes easier to to add relievers as opposed to bringing back Stroman, signing a free a couple free agents, start like the, the rotation's a mess. So yeah. So generally that's, speaking, that's I'd rather though. add starting pitching if I'm if I'm paying for something, you know. Um, just because of how volatile relievers are. You could trade for relievers. I mean, it's not like that doesn't work out all the time for the Mets, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, no. I think, I think the, the, the real problem is they need to sign both because they've got fuck all in terms of, like, Diaz is good. I don't imagine they're going to pick up Batanzas' option. Isn't it, was... isn't it a Batanzas option? Like, it's his choice? <laughs> You would think I knew that know this because I wrote a, a grade on that contract. Uh, let me pull that up real quick. I thought he could opt into the deals and stuff. That's how – because I remember us talking about how it was like a weird contract for the Mets to offer because it's like a low – it's like it's a lose-lose for them because if he's good, he leaves, and if he's bad, he stays. <laughs> that sounds like a Mets contract. Yeah, right. right? Like like I don't know why this is this is sticking in my head. Make seven and a half million in 2020, six million player option. Okay, yeah. The two million dollar buyout. Value of the option can rise to 9.8 based on game, have max of seven. That's 70. Not even possible if he pitched in every game this year. Um, <laughs> if he takes the option, he gets a second player option in 2022 that ranges between one and three based on games of 2020. What a, what the hell is this? Yeah, it was like super weird. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so at least I didn't make that up. At least I remembered correctly. How is he? I haven't even paid attention. Has Batanzas been good, bad? He's been okay. Define good. Yeah, he's been all right. Like, I don't know if he's bad. He doesn't, all the way like, he doesn't like, look great, but I don't think the uh, the performance has been bad. Yeah. Like, Seven, the fastball's eight, way, way down. Ooh, yeah, that's not great. But didn't he always do that? Like, didn't he always start super late with his, like, yeah. he would always ramp up? Yeah, but he's wild. never missed, like... Almost two full seasons. Shoulder <laughs> problems. Before. Thirty-two. That's true. Point being, 
All right, I, I think at this point he would probably take that $6 million because he's not been great, and who knows what free agency is going to look like. So the bullpen next year has Diaz, who maybe is fixed, Batances, who maybe is borked, Familia, who is probably borked, and... Welcome to Lockett. Oh, Brett. <laughs> I was going to say Brad Brock might be back just because... True. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't... He wouldn't be expensive enough for me to care if he's back or not. Right. Point being, might as well. They need at least one more, and probably two more good relievers. The rotation is going to be Degrom, Syndergaard, unless they find well Syndergaard if and when he comes back from Tommy John, and Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. Well, point is that there's a lot of things that the Mets need next year. Oh god, the pitching is so bad. <laughs> and and you know, I I've heard the people argue that the Mets are in a, in a unique situation. They're a playoff team because the playoffs are expanded, and there isn't time to throw unknown rookies into the fire to see what they've got because they need to win at all costs this season. But I don't, I, I don't see those two things as mutually exclusive because you know. What's the difference between having a, a crappy reliever like, I don't know, who's the crappiest reliever in the rotation right now? In the uh, rotation. Crappiest uh, reliever in the bullpen right now. Uh, right now? The uh, bullpen hasn't even really been bad. And, uh, <laughs> Shockingly. Well, whoever the weak link is in the bullpen. Like, is there really too much of a difference between having, like, a Zamora coming up and pitching a few days and then sending him down as opposed to having a, a Thomas Zapucky come up through a couple of days? Yeah, you know you're putting a Corey Oswalt into the rotation, and why not now, put a Kevin Smith? Or, in in or even Oswalt's a, defense, he did look pretty good in Miami. Right. It's, well, it's Miami, but also, yeah. <laughs> but but, still, the, but the fastball looked. I've never seen his fastball look like that. No, yeah, I agree. And then he got screwed a little bit in the fifth. Like that ball went off the the bag, and then uh. The, the first spectacular hit was like <laughs> in the other batter's box. <laughs> right, that right. It's like okay, what, like the first what double you, was hit well, but okay. Yeah. What are you supposed to do about the second one? And then Anderson made it just hit a ball really nicely. He went the other way with it, and it happens sometimes. Yeah, but it, it just you know testing out these guys and keeping the the team at the way it is right now. You know, one is not going to result in loss after loss after loss, and one is not going to result in unstoppable winning streak because just the caliber of the players that we're talking about. I think you, it was, it was you, Lucas, a few weeks ago, you mentioned like the Mets like to hold on to their trash as opposed <laughs> to going out and finding out something marginally better because it's their trash and they know. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, okay, not calling, not, you know, not saying that Corey Oswald or, Robert Gazelman stretched out as a starter or Seth Lugo stretched out as a starter, they're going to be trash. But the, the odds that they are wildly better than, you know, Akilame starting or Zapucky starting or Smith or even those, you know, uh, Ariel Harado or Pedro Payano. Yeah, Harado seems like someone who you would want to I mean, they took... They traded for him, so use him. I don't understand why they traded for him. His stat, (laughs) I like just looking at, don't scout the stat line, blah, blah, blah. Then like a couple years ago, he was, uh, getting some, some quote unquote hype as like a back end starter type. The dude strikes out no one, doesn't have 
particularly elite control. I mean, yeah, I don't know why they acquired him either, but <laughs> they did. What but, I actually I mean, like them to do, right? Like the, the roster is huge, and you no longer need a big bench. You need the bench isn't as important because you have a DH spot, and you have three rotation spots, four rotation spots. I would love to see all of these guys come up and just get aggressively piggybacked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can throw. You can also throw Chase and Shreve for like three innings because he's really good. Like, let him go and get a start, or you could very easily be getting. Like, we could see all of these guys. We could see. I can count. Uh, I'm a PhD student who knows how to do math. Uh, (laughs) Kilame, Sapucky, Smith, Harrell. Lugo, see if Oswald works, see and see if Gazelman works. There's seven-ish arms. Degrom obviously takes one spot. You have four other spots while Peterson is out and Matz is doing whatever Matz is, right? You you could very easily just cycle these guys. All right, today you two are pitching. You're each throwing three innings. Treat it as a start. You're you're coming in in the fourth. You're you're starting the first. Right. Exactly. The the bar is to throw like. Three or four effective innings. That's basically right now the best you could ask from Gazelman and Lugo. You know, with three I don't or even four know effect- if you could ask Lugo. Right. Well, yeah, Lugo probably not. But anywhere between two and four innings, then, let's say, of effective pitching. Kilimary did that twice in, in basically both of his relief appearances. I don't think that the bar is so high that you can't imagine Zapucky throwing a couple scoreless innings or Smith or whatever, you know, not even scoreless innings, but just okay innings. Four innings at a time, three innings at a time. Maybe someone's pitching really good. Five, six innings. Yeah. Also, like at least a, a, another thing that I don't think we talked about yet is that Lugo still has a partially torn UCL. Right. So now you don't know. So do now, we, and, do we know that that's still a problem though? I mean, I, I'm going <laughs> to assume it's been like three years. I'm it's going a, to assume it's a problem because he's it just thrown a lot like of funny. innings since then. Yeah, but I think it's different with starts. Like, do you really want him going five, six innings at a clip? I don't know. It's just right. this is all shit that I don't know. Like, Th- throwing twenty pitches every two, three days is very different from throwing sixty pitches all at once. And like, who knows if if that which one is worse than the other? I yeah, don't know. Exactly. Like, like it's just it's one of those things where like it could I, I feel like it could just go at any time, and I would hate for it to be happening while the Mets are stretching him out. Is right. the roster twenty eight now? I believe I know it was smushed down by one like a week or two ago. I don't know where it actually leaves them though. I think it is twenty eight. That sounds right. So if there are nine starting bats, four bench bats, Degrom has one rotation spot. You have two guys for each of the other four rotation spots. That still leaves you with room for six traditional relievers. Yeah, that plan is totally viable, especially in an era where it, with it, with a DH where you don't have to pinch hit. For your pitcher anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, well, also regarding the UCL thing, partial terror is just so vague. Right? Like, what does that mean exactly? Uh, I don't know. Like, how, I, right? But <laughs> how much do you? How much do you want to bet that if we actually did an MRI on every pitcher's elbow, like thirty percent of them have a partially torn UCL? Sure, that is a good point. Yes, of course. And, like, pitching breaks you, and that's just what it does. And, like, I don't know. It's just hard for – it's just, like, that's the, one of the first things I yeah. think about with Lugo is it I would like, hate for him to just be out for, like, all of two seasons or whatever the hell happens if he, te- if he tears it. 
Right. Because, no need to tempt fate yeah. for no reason. I just don't know that it's... I don't know that there's any medical science or pitching expertise that says a starter routine is necessarily more brutal on your arm than a reliever routine. Like, I, I think what's more likely to go wrong with Lugo the starter is, you know, what we've seen from Lugo the starter in the past, which is that his fastball flattens a little bit. It doesn't come out of his hand as quickly, and um, he has to rely on pitches other than his curveball. Yeah. Fair point. You know, that the stuff is just not as good when uh, spread out over a longer period of time. And we saw well, that for like a year or like yeah, half no, a year. no. So like, like the argument for Lugo in the rotation now is he's a different pitcher now than he was then. So why not see if the stuff you know holds a little better now that he's been throwing consistently in the mid nineties out of the pen for a few years? I don't know if that's good logic, but you know <laughs> I, I could see I could see where you would think. Okay, maybe he's a little better at it. You know, the stuff is appreciably, has been better since then. Um, I don't know, again, I don't know if I want to test it. I'd rather take the elite performance out of a pad, but. I think, I mean, given given all the other rotation options we've discussed, I, I think I agree with you. Yeah, I think I'd rather kick the can down the road a little bit. Give Killamay uh, an extended shot in the rotation. Uh, if Sapaki can actually throw, maybe throw him in the mix. You could. I mean, there's also a nice mix of handedness with these guys too. You could do mm-hmm. some uh, fucky things to to posing managers' lineups. Be like, all right, well, they're gonna start one of these two guys today. Are they starting the lefty or the righty? Don't don't know. Yeah. So like you have Smith and Sapucky as lefties. You'd have Harold, Kilome, uh, Oswalt, and Gazelman as righties. You think you could? I mean, that's still six. You need you need to like patch through that other rotation spot, right? But you figure it out somehow. Yeah, Listen, that's why they get paid lots of money to figure things out like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, just use just uh, <laughs> use use Harado and Mats in the other one, right? And you're very quickly going to figure out who can cut it and who can't, and then you try to give the guys who can cut it more innings than the other guys. Well, the only thing that will probably get cut in this situation is Lugo's UCL, so. Oh. Ooh. Cut. Cut. Go ahead. (laughs) This just screams, like, off-season project to me. And doing it now just, like, I don't know. Do they have even the bullpen to survive it? Like everything the Mets do, doing it now is a half measure. Yeah, it's just, like, this screams something that would you – Somehow fall ass backwards into a bunch of relievers in the off season, and you're like, "Yeah, Lugo could start now," because okay. this is how the chips fell. But that's just how it, it seems to me that it's something that you'd want to do in the off season, and not something that you want to do in the middle of a really weird season. I mean, the other the other point regarding their contention status is that like they're not going to be a number one seed, so it basically doesn't matter. Like, they're good enough that they're going to kind of make the playoffs regardless, and they're bad enough that they're not going to be a high enough seed for it to matter. And also, why would seeds even matter that much at this point, given, you know, fans? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's, it, it's not like other sports where, first, first of all, like, the home field advantage in baseball in the first place isn't as significant because it isn't as significant on the mechanics of the game. And... Uh, the the sample size isn't big enough to matter. 
in the playoffs, unlike football or, or to a bigger extent basketball. So it's already a, a pointless, uh, uh, goal to strive for. And they're going to make the playoffs almost regardless because the Pirates and Marlins and help me out here. Who else is really bad this year? In the NL? Uh... Yeah. Is there anyone really bad in the West? The Giants aren't very good. The Giants are bad, yeah. Right, so but there are a couple teams that there are very clearly, despite all the bitching we do about the Mets, they're just teams they are very clearly better than, and because the playoff field is so big, they're going to make it regardless. So experiment now and see who can work once you get to that weird-ass expanded playoff bracket. Yep, very true. Yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Uh, so, a million things about the 2020 season are weird because of the circumstances, obviously. But one of the interesting things is that teams are committing to their prospects, um, a lot more and you know possible impact players are getting thrown into the fire uh the Mets called up David Peterson and Andres Jimenez and both have looked pretty good I wouldn't say that either guy is really an impact player uh which is why excitement over them is kind of ho-hum but they're still good players and, and good prospects I mean Jimenez could be a potential like empty 300 hitter Maybe not empty, but on the low side of, of slugging, but a, a 300 kind of hitter with stolen bases and really great defense, like a, a Gene Segura kind of guy with more speed. Uh, I mean, you take that for, yeah. a, from a prospect. Absolutely. Exactly. And Peterson at his best, he's kind of like, you know, a, a better, a stronger, more consistent version of like Steven Matz with more durability, which again is a very solid player when, you know, when Steven Matz is good Steven Matz and not bad Steven Matz. But, you know, they're not the kind of guys that get their names on the marquees or anything. Um, Mets, unfortunately, don't really have too many guys like that. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Jonathan Mayo, he put a list on MLB.com. Um, at this point in 2017, 32 uh, – not 32 teams. 32 rookies had been called up by all the MLB teams, 10 of which were top 100 prospects. Mm-hmm. In 2018, teams called up 29 rookies, three of which were top 100 guys. In 2019, teams called up 36 rookies, five of which were top 100 prospects. Now, this season, teams have called up 79 rookies, 23 of whom are top 100 prospects. So that's 
basically almost four times yeah. the amount of top prospects, top hundred prospects. Um, Jimenez, I believe he was a top hundred prospect this season. Yeah, he's yes. like on the back end. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, Peterson, I do not believe that he was. Um, and then if you look at the rest of the Mets top twenty-five list, there's really nobody in contention um, right now because all the talent is really closer to the bottom than than the tops. Yeah, you know, four of the six guys that are in our top ten, they have reached as high as double a seven of them have some kind of full full season experience and three of them don't even have that matthew allen brett Beatty, and francisco lever is three of whom are some of the more high profile guys in the system so like the best prospect left who i could reasonably see being called up is Zapucky, right yeah Zapucky. like probably he, uh, yeah not great yeah, he should be up though, I would say. Or it was, he should he should have been up two weeks ago. I think if he was, I I don't want to speculate about him not being healthy, but that would I, not surprise me if he would be very sapucky. Well, let's not even say it out loud. <laughs> but while other teams are promoting guys that can be you know future contributors to stars, the Mets kind of just more or less tapped with Jimenez and Peterson, so. Makes me a little jealous, and it makes me look at the rest of the the playing field in MLB and seeing all the other guys that are coming up. So, if you could pick one guy that either has already been called up or seems like they're on the cusp of being called up, and just could magically bring them to the Mets, who would you pick? Oh, we're bringing them to the Mets. Yes, uh... Joe Adele. <laughs> Going to Dell, okay. The Mets have a pretty good outfield already, though. Yeah, not that so. I'm going to complain about Joe Adele. Yeah. But. I mean, if you're getting Jordan Adele, then who? How is Billy Hamilton getting playing time? <laughs> Got The Mets would there. have like an actual center fielder for the first time. Yeah, in, like forever. Put him in center. Put Nimmo in left. Put Conforto in right, and then you figure out how to give Dom at bats. Dom DH, JD third, third. McNeil, go to the DL. We'll figure it out when you get back. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, um, I mean, he's hurt. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, then you could do the super sub thing that I was suggesting earlier. This, like, you make JD the super sub, and you get everyone a day off once a week at least. Yeah, JD um, could play first, third. Yeah, the thing the Mets should have been doing for the last like five. Years. Right, exactly, yeah. because they have some guys who. Uh, like that's play. why you have guys who are versatile, is right. so that you can creatively get them playing time. You get you get uh, the younger guys, so Conforto, McNeil, Nimmo, Alonzo, and Smith one day off every other week. You get Cano a day off every week, and uh, they basically go from there. Anyway, yeah, uh, Joe Adele, yeah, very good. I would go for Rutschman, I think. I think uh, so, too, just because catchers are like unicorns. Right, That's catchers... Fair. Catchers are like unicorns. The Mets haven't had a good catcher in approximately uh, 300 years. <laughs> um, and I really, 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 really think Rutschman is going to be a monster. He, so. He's like the perfect prospect. Yeah. yeah. It would be a huge upset if he's not really good. Then again, we said the same thing about another switch-hitting Orioles catching prospect <laughs> a decade ago, and... Uh, 
Matt Wieters wasn't great, so he had a couple four win seasons. Yeah, he was. Ooh. He had some seasons, but who had the Mets had? Who had the Mets had a catcher? I'm trying to think. Like, what? I know Wilson Ramos is, is, is the catcher right now, obviously. And then the, before that, they had uh, Darno. Darno, who was good, and the Mets yeah. just fucked with because Mets. Dar- Darno was good in the World Series season. He was, he was he was good other seasons. He just hurt, yeah. and then they uh, rage cut him, and he goes to the Rays, and he's good. Now he's on the Braves, and he's I don't know what he's doing. It's the World Series season was 2015, though. It's literally five years ago. I'm just drawing a big blank for five years. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It was because it was like them two, him <coughs> and Mazzarocco for a bit. Yeah, Joni yeah. no, Manel for a moment. Oh uh, God, I forgot. Uh, oh, Rene Rivera. Rene Rivera. Yeah, yeah. Before that, they had John Buck. Uh, before that, they had Josh Tolley. Tolley? Right, Josh Tolley, yeah, yeah. I the... think that's as far back as I care to remember. <laughs> Paul oh, LaDuca, no. Ramon Before Castro. that was LaDuca, yeah, that was like the good years. Yeah, yeah. Not that LaDuca was great, but... Yeah, I mean, Brian, yeah, Brian Schneider. Right, where they traded uh, Lastings Millage for Schneider and Ryan Church. Uh, <laughs> uh, point being... I would really, really like to have a great catcher, and Rutschman is going, I don't want to say definitively, but he'll probably be great on both sides of the ball. Don't know that he's ready yet. He probably could have used a little bit of time, but he was close to ready. Um, he was as finished a product as you find in the draft. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's He could have, in theory, been a guy Precocious. that just yeah. gets drafted and sent straight to the majors last year. Yeah. I believe um, Mike Leak. Was the last person that that yep, actually? That's the, that's the last person, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because like he's good, but not like you would think someone who does that is like Mike Trout. But yeah, I know. But it was just nope. that he was. <laughs> it's, it's Mike Leak. It's like Mike Leak, and it's like he's good. Like I don't want to disparage Mike Leak on the podcast. Like he's not a bad player by any means, but you wouldn't think that that's the type of player who is able to skip the entire minor leagues. Does Mike Leak have a brother? That. Nah. Um, the other name that came to mind for me immediately was Mackenzie Gore, just because I think his stuff is stupid good, and I love pitchers with stupid stuff. So. And all of a sudden, the Mets need starters. Yeah. After... <laughs> Not really an all of a sudden. They've kind of needed starters for a little yeah, bit. That's true. They've just gotten, like, lucky, but... I'm surprised that Gore isn't up yet. Well, the Padres rota- well, uh, the Padres rotation has been quite good. Like, Lamette's been excellent. Uh, Garrett Richards is back. Paddock hasn't been great, but yeah, I don't Yeah, Paddock's like, been rough. You're not gonna, you're not gonna pull him out of the rotation. Right? So. But yeah, I'm surprised he's not up yet either. He should be up. I mean, I guess that's, I mean, look how they're treating, uh, what's his name? Patino. He's just kind of... He's like a bullpen guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A multi-inning like, reliever. Which is fine if you want to ease him into it. Like, Oh, right. They have Zach Davies randomly posting a, an ERA of uh, oh, yeah. three. three. Um, I also recently discovered Zach Davies was on the, the team to begin with. Like, I didn't even know that's where he was. <laughs> <laughs> and I was yeah, like, oh, traded, he's good. <laughs> they traded uh, Arias for him and uh, Trent Grisham in the offseason. And they did just call up uh, Morehan or... More, more Jean, however you pronounce that one. Uh, so I think they're giving him a little run. If they continue to be good, I imagine we'll see Gore at some point. And that is a really stacked team. Yeah, they are. They're when you think about it. 
when you when you re it's crazy when you when you rebuild correctly while also investing heavily in in the draft and international prospects as opposed to just kind of not doing those things <laughs> you get a really nice talent base also it helps when the white Sox give you fernando tatis jr for james shields right yeah that's that helps true. <laughs> usually usually the mets are the ones in that position giving yeah. away the guys uh-huh. i'm surprised uh, no one brought up his name who who now i'm curious oh the one we traded for heart uh what the hell nick, nick uh starts with an n no, the one that I'm thinking of starts with a K. Casimir? No. Uh <laughs> I know who you're who you're thinking of. <laughs> uh Hell someone who think um Kellenick. Oh, yeah. oh I was thinking oh, pictures. So <laughs> how I was going to approach this exercise was how many players <laughs> I would choose before getting to Kelnick, who I would also love if he was in the Mets system. And I think the list is like five mm-hmm. <laughs> in all of affiliated baseball. It's like Wander Franco, Joe Adele, Gavin Lux. Was Gavin Lux still prospect eligible? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, he, he showed up to camp late. They never said why, so maybe he had – whatever, let's not speculate. Yeah. But he was um, – so Lux, Rutschman, Gore, Robert, Kalnick. <laughs> I think that's my list. <laughs> and in terms of the guys not in the majors, it's two guys. It's three guys. It's then. literally three, yeah. <laughs> um, Has Andrew Vaughn been called up yet? So I wanted to bring that up as well, Ken. Because uh, if the, the next Mets discussion I wanted to have is your personal homer, guys. <laughs> right. If the Mets didn't already have two and really three and soon to be four, depending on how Robinson Cano ages, first baseman on the roster, those four being Alonzo Smith, probably J.D. Davis, though he's been better this year, and then uh, 50-year-old Robinson Cano. Uh, Vaughn might be first on my pref list, even if I know there are several players better than him. Let's not have any Robinson Cano slander right now. Hey, I'm not slandering Robinson Cano. <laughs> Robinson Cano's great. I'm just speaking about what normal aging curves look like. Um, but boy, do I love me some Andrew Vaughn. I don't know if I've ever been as confident in a player to just immediately hit as I've been for, for Vaughn. Someone was arguing me that Torkelson's going to be a better hitter than him. I'm like, are you high? <laughs> I mean, it might I don't think so. <laughs> but I, I, think I really so. like Vaughn in a yeah. way that I, I didn't like Torkelson. <laughs> Noted third baseman Andrew Vaughn because yeah. he was that's, getting that's, reps there. That's right. <laughs> Noted third, third baseman third? Spencer yeah. Torkelson they, who was drafted as a they were baseman. They were giving him a, a look at third base like a month ago or something. What? I, yeah. <laughs> you don't remember, you was, don't remember that? <laughs> no. He was, he was drafted as a third baseman because according to John Daniels during draft night, which I'm sure is just complete and utter – Bullshit. Uh, um, the only reason why he was he was drafted as a third baseman was because apparently Miguel Cabrera had expressed um, unhappiness <laughs> that he would be a Tiger playing first baseman in the minor leagues and possibly threatening his spot. This is Torkelson, not Vaughn. Yes. No, Vaughn but yes. Drafted Andrew Vaughn was also getting reps at third base this oh, year. Oh, 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 oh. I think that's because the White Sox have, like, a ton of those dudes. Yeah, they do. So they were just like, let's see. First base or DH. They do? Yeah, they've got at least, like, three or four. Like, um, they re-signed Abreu. Um, 
And they have Zach Collins, who's probably not actually good. Yeah. They so have. Is. Let me get their their list up. I mean, they also Let's have Mokata, the former catcher. Yeah, Zach Collins was yeah, the. Yeah, okay, okay. Zach yeah. Collins is the catcher who really can't catch. Right. Yeah. yeah, I did not like him at all during draft. Uh, I got high on. I got high on for uh, <laughs> phrasing. I was high on Justin Dunn initially because right after they drafted him, he was squaring off against Collins in some. NCAA tournament game and just blew him away. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure Collins took him like very deep. And then then the next step back, Collins took him extremely deep. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um. But I don't look. I don't think anything anything on that roster stands in the way of Vaughn, unless you think Eloy really can't play the outfield. But I think Eloy is fine. Yeah, he was the other one. Yeah, he's. I mean, left field is a low bar. It's fine. Yeah, like he could he could stand out there and not be a disaster. Well, the Mets don't have anybody. Yeah, they really don't. We really went off the rails on this. I think the answer, yes. the, the long answer is give us Adele, Adele, Rushman, and Orgor. Or the short answer to that very long discussion. Uh, do wish Kelnick was still here. <laughs> that's just, that's not even related to the question, though. That's just like an everyday thing. Is yeah, Kelnick I think that, ready? I don't know that he uh, I don't think so. He's been hitting the shit out of the ball on the alternate site. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen the, the Suspetis uh, barbecue guys tweeting about it? It's no, like a I haven't. passage that Kalnick tapes, takes you deep. Going to the Suspetis family barbecue Twitter account, yes. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I, I love Robbie Cano. Um, I've always yeah, liked too. Robbie Cano. Me too. Um, I still I think, think he has some baseball won. to give. I think he's he's go, he's been very very good. He's going to continue to be very very good in whatever this season looks like. Um, if Diaz continues to look good, I like that trade's fine. <laughs> so like I would. It's be just a bummer that... watching like yeah. maybe the best prospect to have been drafted by the Mets in a couple of years, you know, grow up with a different team. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah. My hot take is that they should have just traded for Cano instead of also trading for Diaz, but you know. That I mean, if, it would have been way less too, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. You trade for you take just take the salary and you give them, give them the other done. two pieces of that trade. Yeah, done. Yeah, hey, we'll take Robinson Cano, no problem. Because Cano be. is still good. Yeah, Cano can still play, and I and like yeah, aging is gonna be a problem. Should be a problem, like would normally be a problem. But I could see him being, like, still a quality player for a few years. Even. Yeah, and if you don't give up, yeah. like, a guy who a year later is, like, a universal top ten prospect, like, <laughs> who gives a shit if it doesn't work out? Right. Yeah. I mean, the Mets are also the, at a point in their contention cycle where they need to be adding current wins. And if yeah, you exactly. add current wins for a okay prospect and money at a position where you're – I mean, we didn't know what the options were at the time – I mean, Jeff Mc- I We wanted Jeff McNeil to play more, but whatever. It's worth like. But also, more Jeff hitters. McNeil might be better in left or right than. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, right? yeah, from what we saw this year, having an extra hitter around and also having Robinson Cano isn't a problem. So, I mean, in the in the idealized world here, I think the Mets have functional owners. They say, "Hey, Robinson Cano, yeah, we'll take that contract for you, but we don't want to deal with anything else." And then they just go out and sign a couple of relievers. Yeah. But here we are. I mean, there's also a scenario in which Diaz is yeah, you know, I don't lights out. I don't know that there's a scenario where Diaz is 
I, I don't know that Diaz could be good enough, at least based on how I yeah. evaluate relievers, to be worth Kalanick. That's just my take. It's true. But, yeah, that's a hard... He gotta be like Mariano Rivera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's like one of the best prospects in baseball right now. He's and also, a, like, goes. prospects, who knows what if Kalanick doesn't work, then... Yeah. Yeah, or who knows what he would look like if he was still in the Mets system. They have a tendency to do some weird things. Yeah. Or you'd have to swing. Would be nice, though. <laughs> yeah. Would be a more interesting system. Yeah, for sure. It would be nice to just have an outfielder, period. Center yes. fielder. Are you saying Tim Tebow isn't the answer, Steve? Well, I mean, I do think he's the answer, but not to this <laughs> question. So, he's <laughs> a... Keep asking the right questions. All right. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, whatever, you can send us an email at our email address from complex to queens at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Sleiper. Lucas is at Elvlahos343. Ken is at Ken1191. And Thomas is at SadMetSeasonSZN. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Rate and review it. And, of course, thank you for listening. And we will be back next week. But until then, love the Mets. Love the Mets. Love the Mets.